Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord the praise he so richly and rightfully deserved. For this is the day that the Lord has made. We take wonderful delight in the fact that today is graduate Sunday. It's graduation Sunday. And can you put your hands together and celebrate our graduates as far as today is concerned. As we prepare to move forward as far as this worship experience is concerned. Our graduates are going to be leading us in worship. And so uh, as they prepare to come and give us our um, call to worship as well as our scripture and our prayer in accordance to our worship program is concerned. Before we get started, let me uh, ask all of you who are watching us on Facebook, YouTube, or engaging within our live chat room found on our church website. We want to welcome you, St. Paul Online. Uh, digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this morning. So if you're on Facebook, share on your personal timeline without starting a separate watch party. We want to make sure we all stay in the same chat stream. Also, you can tag people that you want to invite uh, within your post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We want to get it up to at least 1,500 and text the link of this worship service to your personal network. And if you're in our chat room on our church website, Click the invite button in your chat window to share uh, this experience with others. So uh, if you would do that, we would greatly appreciate it. And also, uh, if you're uh, checking us out as far as our various platforms are concerned, do me this favor. Just let us know what city and state you're in right now. Just put that in your chat box uh, because I know that we have people from all over that are watching us. Amen. Amen. So at this time, I'm going to ask Brother Jones, no, Sister Jones, would you come and uh, do our call to worship? And then we're going to move forward as far as the rest of this worship experience is concerned. If you would, put, it to get, put your hands together as they come. Good morning. Scripture says we are able to bless the Lord at all times. On this Graduate Sunday, we have the opportunity to praise his name together. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt him together. As we prepare our hearts and minds for worship, please join the choir in the opening song, The Comforter Has Come. Yeah. 
morning. Today I will be reading our scripture with from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 10, and I am reading from the King James Version. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lead not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruits with all of your increase. So your, bond, your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. surrender ourselves in adoration to you. We welcome you in this space. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come fill our hearts with your love. Fill this space with your presence. Thank you for allowing us to walk in purpose and for providing guidance. Cover, comfort, and keep us. Equip us with all we need to do your work and live our life according to your will. All these prayers and more we ask in your son, Jesus' name. Amen.
Good morning. Welcome to our annual Graduate Recognition Sunday. My name is Dr. Sherelle Fuller, also known as Ms. Sherelle to many of you all, and we are so excited that we're able to meet in person to honor you, our graduates. In what is normally a stressful time in those last years of school, you all did it in the midst of a global pandemic. God is truly good. God is good. Give yourselves a round of applause. As I look around and I see some of the people in the congregation today, I see people who have grown up here, people who have been involved in our church, extended family members that we have heard stories about and prayed for. You all have made it. We read about knowledge and wisdom in the scriptures, and we at St. Paul understand and appreciate the importance of biblical knowledge and also the secular knowledge that we receive in school. Please don't take any of these accomplishments for granted. Listen to some of these uh, things that should let you know how blessed you all are to be here. Just being in the southern portion of the United States lowers the chance that some of our young black scholars will graduate from high school, particularly our black males. In some areas, 50% don't make it. High school graduation is a big deal. Overall bachelor's, numbers of people who finish bachelor's degrees, 22%. For black people, 16%. For master's degrees, 9.5, 6% for blacks. And at the doctoral level, 1.8 for the general population, less than 1% for black people. 78% of engineering bachelor's programs are males, yet we have young women who have completed engineering degrees. We also have proof here today, yes, represent. <laughs> we also have proof here today that there is no age limit on pursuing education. Education indeed is a lifelong endeavor. Education is for improving the lives of others. Marion Wright Edelman, the former president and CEO of Children's Defense Fund said, just as we are not to hoard our gifts and just as we are not to keep the gospel to ourselves, one of the purposes of education is also to help others and make a difference in the world. Thank you for your hard work, your perseverance and your faith. We honor you today. So now we will recognize all our graduates by calling out names and sharing just a brief piece of information. When your name is called, if you are present, please stand where you are and one of our volunteers will bring you a small token of congratulations. We also ask that any family members present, please stand when your graduate's name is called. After we recognize our graduates, we will award scholarships and we will gather for a group picture at the end of service. And please hold your applause until the end of each um, session. So after high school, <laughs> there's always one, there's always one excited parent. <laughs> so now we present to you our high school graduates. Lilayla Talani Du, daughter of Prestiel Fulmore, a graduate of West Mecklenburg High School, will be attending University of North Carolina at Greensboro, majoring in middle level education. Andrew James Donahue, 
son of James and Deborah Donahue, is a graduate of Audrey Kell High School. The Ariel Jones, daughter of Eric Jones, is a graduate of Northwest School of the Arts. The Ariel will be attending North Carolina Central University, majoring in dance and theater. Elvado Lane Jr., son of Shamika Gibson and Elvado Lane Sr., grandson of Jeanette Gibson and nephew of David Scott Gibson, is a graduate of Washington County High School. Elvado will be attending North Carolina Central University, majoring in graphic design. Kendall McCoy, daughter of Shamika Williams, is a graduate of Independence High School. Kendall will be completing a transitional year at Independence High School. Tiana Karima McCray, daughter of Kareem and Tina McCray, is a graduate of Philip O'Berry Academy of Technology. Tiana will be attending North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University, majoring in management and entrepreneurship. Jaron Poole, son of Joel and Erica Poole, is a graduate of Vance High School. Jaron will be attending Carolina Christian College, majoring in sports management. Taylor Dior Richardson, daughter of Carl Richardson and granddaughter of Reverend Brenda Richardson. Taylor is a graduate of Newton High School and will be attending Tennessee, Tennessee State University, majoring in nursing. Justin Jeremiah Sharp, son of Karen Sharp Hughes, is a graduate of A.L. Brown High School. Trinity Simmons, daughter of Sharon Graham and Ty Simmons, is a graduate of Mallard Creek High School and will be attending Buff Nail Salon Academy. Let's have a round of applause for our high school graduates. Thank you. Now for our undergraduates. Jada Ashlyn Burney, daughter of Reverend James and Lavette Burney, graduated from North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University with a bachelor's degree in fashion, merchandising, and design. Denadia Franklin, daughter of Lakeisier and Derek Franklin, graduated from Elon University with a bachelor's in exercise science and a minor in Spanish. Caitlin Mitchell, daughter of Dietra and Warren Mitchell, graduated from Columbia University with a bachelor's in mechanical engineering. Kelsey Gates Mitchell, daughter of Dietra and Warren Mitchell, graduated from Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute with a bachelor's in architecture. 
Desiree Parker, daughter of Daryl and Lynette Parker, graduated from Howard University with a bachelor's in criminology with a Spanish minor. And Erica Thompson, daughter of Eric and Lavetta Thompson, graduated from North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University with a bachelor's degree in civil engineering. Let's give our undergraduates a round of applause. Congratulations. Now for our graduate degrees. Sierra Simone Childs, daughter of Dion and Sabrina Childs, graduated from University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill with a master's degree in English and comparative literature. Jennifer Izzard graduated from Capella University with a master's in early childhood and adolescent development. And we would like to now call Mrs. Betty Oates forward. She will be hooded with her master's degree in theology from Life Christian University. Congratulations. Point of personal privilege, Miss Betty was my, uh, she was my new members coach when I first joined St. Paul. And now we have three doctoral candidates, doctoral graduates, no longer candidates. They could not be with us today, but we want to acknowledge them. Dr. Marco McNeil graduated from Colgate Rochester Crozier Divinity School with a doctor of ministry degree. Dr. Deborah Waddles graduated from Cornerstone Christian University with a Doctor of Philosophy degree in Humanities. And keeping it in the household, Dr. Harold Waddles graduated from Cornerstone Christian University with a Doctor of Philosophy degree in Science. Congratulations to all of our graduates. And the last portion of our recognition are our scholarships. Uh, Deacon Pat Chambers, if you would please come forward to present the Deacon's Scholarship. It will be followed by the Men of Valor Scholarship.
Good morning. On behalf of the Deacons Family Ministry, we are happy to submit two recipients of the Deacons Family Ministry Scholarship. The first one it is Edward Eric Edwards Jr. and his dad would be receiving his because he's here he's not here because he's doing a internship. So Eric, would you Okay. The next recipient of the Deacons Family Scholarship is Mary Stevenson for Congratulations. Next, we have the Men of Valor Scholarship, and Keontae Easter is representing the Men of Valor. The 2021 Men of Valor Scholarship in the amount of $1,000 is awarded to Elvado Lang, Jr. The real thing will be sent to the school later. On behalf of the arms ministry, the 2021 St. Paul Baptist Church Academic Resource Ministry General Scholarship in the amount of $1,500 is awarded to Tiana McRae. Congratulations, Tiana. The 2021 St. Paul Academic Resource Ministry Gwen Williamson Scholarship in the amount of $3,000 is awarded to the Ariel Jones. Congratulations, the Ariel. We're so proud of each and every one of you. St. Paul, thank you. The Academic Resource Ministry extends a heartfelt thank you to Pastor Scott, Reverend Redmond, and Reverend C. for all of your support that has been shown to the ministry throughout our two years of induction. 
to the ministry team, Sherelle and I would like to thank you for your dedication throughout the year, especially in the months of March through June, where we're working tirelessly. So in preparation for the event that we had today, our graduation Sunday. And to the graduates, we wish you much success on the path that God has planned for your life. I wanna share a scripture that I hope will, you will keep in your hearts. Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Keep God first in all that you do, and we know that you all will be successful. Again, congratulations, graduates of 2021. Amen. Can we give God praise for our graduates? Oh, we could do a whole lot better. I'm looking at the Zoom. I see you all clapping. Amen. As well as those that are in the house. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I am certainly delighted and elated to be able to share with you as far as this day is concerned. Before we move any further, I just want to thank our academic resource ministry uh, for the wonderful work they have done under the leadership of Dr. Sherelle Fuller. Let's give God praise for them. Thank you, Sister uh, Tanya Grimes, Deacon in Training, and thank you, Sister Emily Dia, for uh, your hard work. And again, let's give God praise for our high school community um, and undergraduate as well as graduates who have earned their degrees. Let's give God praise for them. There are just a few announcements I really want to drive home today for the time that is mine because I want to introduce our preacher and uh, have her to share what the Lord has laid on our heart. Um, again, just want to give a major shout out to the Mecklenburg County Detention Center. Thanks to our social justice ministry, we're able to broadcast right now to a capacity of 1,500 individuals who are a part of that system right now that has allowed for us to establish that partnership to give them encouragement during this particular time. Many of them will be coming back home for a fresh start and to be productive citizens. We want to welcome them to our simulcast broadcast at this time. Also, just want to let you all know that Saturday, July 31st at 9 o'clock a.m., we're going to be hosting our annual church conference. We're going to be hosting our annual church conference. And so we're going to let you know how we're going to be proceeding as far as that is concerned. Um, whether we're going to be having some here in, uh, in church as well as checking us out on our various platform. Then on August 1st, first Sunday in August, we're going to be coming back into the sanctuary. And, uh, of course, you're going to have to register for that. It is my preference that you will be double vaccinated, that you will be fully vaccinated, rather, uh, to sign up to come back in. Now, there's going to be some significant changes on that Sunday. I need you to hear me and because we're going to be saying this uh, over the next several weeks. Our time of worship is getting ready to change on August 1st. August 1st, uh, our time of worship is not going to be 1030. It's going to be 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock. And we will start Sunday morning live, better known as Sunday school to others, at 845. 845, Sunday morning live. 10 o'clock, worship. I like the way that rhymes. 8.45, Sunday morning live. And then, of course, at 10 o'clock, we're going to start our worship. Now, we're only going to be doing one worship as we come back in. 
And that one worship will hopefully and prayerfully be able to appeal to those that like to come to our 730 worship, as well as those that would normally come to our 1030 worship. And so hopefully and prayerfully, we can blend those two congregations as we get ready to come back in. Uh, and we'll uh, let you know the capacity in which we're going to be coming back in. We're going to have, of course, some uh, conversation when we have our church conference as far as what's going to be expected for those that will uh, join us in worship. We've been doing some test runs, but I just want to let you all know that you'll be hearing about this over the next several weeks as we build up as far as that time change is concerned. So lift us up in prayer, uh, and we hope and pray that uh, many of you who can, because I think we're going to be looking at going back in at at least 50% uh, capacity, we hope you can join us. Also, we are changing our video conferencing platform from GoToMeeting to Zoom now that they have enhanced their security protocols. And so uh, I want to thank uh, Sister Emma Dia and Deacon Reginald Ross, along with our church staff, who will be training ministry leaders as far as how to use those particular platforms. And so you'll be getting more information as far as that's concerned. We hope to have this transition completed by the time we come back in. And here's why we're doing this. When we come back in, we're still going to be doing this digital church, which means we're going to be doing a hybrid between physical appearance as well as digital space and as we continue to do that we just want to make sure we are as sharp and as smooth as possible when we do that so uh, continue to work with us and pray for us as we make these shifts as we move forward just want to share with you some um, prayer concerns as far as the family of brother Sidney Ernest Roach the uncle of disciple Gwendolyn McCain we want to lift that family in our prayers a memorial service will be held at a later date. Uh, we also want to lift up the family of Brother Horace McCory, the son of Disciple Darlene uh, McCory Robinson. Uh, we want to lift them up in prayer, the family of Larry Hoskins, the husband of uh, Sister Disciple Amelia Hoskins. We want to lift her up in prayer. The family of Mackie Ruff, the cousin of Deacon Deborah Chestnut Reed, and the family of Selena Covington, the sister of Deacon Prince Reed. wonderful. And as far as our hospitalization is concerned, we want to lift up Gina Pettis-Dean, who has received a new heart and a new kidney. God is to be praised. And, and, and right now, it seems like her body is taking it well, and we pray that that will continue to happen. We want to lift up Alberta Henderson, Elnora Lee, continue to lift up Brother Anthony Forrest, Sadie Sturdivant, Ronald Roberson, Gloria Singleton, Reginald Steele, our pastor emeritus Paul Drummond, and his wife, Sister Thomasina Drummond, our deacon in training, Thomas Falls, and Rose Mungle. And so as we move forward, as far as this time of prayer is concerned, uh, we want to make sure that um, uh, all of those bases are covered. And Sister Franklin is going to lead us as far as this time of prayer is concerned. So we're in your hands. I'm going to have you come behind the pulpit to do this. Amen. Come on. Come on. Good morning, St. Paul. If you will bow your heads and join me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this special day. Thank you for our families and friends gathered in this space and virtually today. 
We praise you, Lord. Among all that we have, there are so many who are in need. We lift them up to you and ask that you bless them, help them and heal them. May your peace fill their hearts so that they know they are not alone and that you are with them. I pray for the lost, the hurting, the lonely, the ill, the bereaved and the imprisoned, whether they are behind visible or invisible walls. Lord, send your comfort, your peace, and your calming presence to those who are without hope, for you know their needs. Lord, may your love for us help us to love and forgive others and make a difference in the world. Lord, we love you and we bless your holy name. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise. Thank you, Sister Franklin. I'm going to need you to come and teach some deacons and ministers on how to do an altar prayer. Amen. Thank you so very much. That was wonderful. That was wonderful. Amen. Beloved, uh, it is time for us to give. It is time for us to give. And as we prepare to give, let's give God praise for this wonderful opportunity to partner with our God as far as giving is concerned. Let me, if I could, before we give you the modalities of giving, to let you know that if you want to give as far as scholarship is concerned to help uh, replenish our scholarship fund, you have the capacity to do that even on today. As far as giving is concerned here at St. Paul, there are basically three major ways you can give. The first one is you can drop your check, cash, and money order off here at the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205. Um, just call and make sure that someone is here at the church to receive your offering. The other way that you can give, of course, is by uh, mailing your offering to the church at uh, 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, you can also give through our church website through Church Life or ACS. And if you go to our church website, just follow the giving prompts as far as that's concerned. Then the final way you can give is through the app called Givelify. If you don't have that app on your smart device, download that app. Search for St. Paul Baptist Church, Charlotte, North Carolina. Connect to your favorite credit card. And in three clicks, three clicks, you can give. Amen. So for those that are watching us online, if you would take your offering, we want to place it in our right hand, lift it toward heaven. If you're able, want to give God what's right, not what's left. For those that are in the house, you may do the same as well. And then brother Jerry Clark is going to come down and he'll come on your row and he'll get it. Amen. Do you have any other help, Jerry? All right. All right. So we have someone that will help us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for the wonderful opportunity to partner with you as far as your work is concerned. It's something we don't take lightly here. God, for those that are practicing the discipline of giving tithes and offerings and have gone beyond that into grace giving, we thank you. Bless them according to your word. God, for those that may not be practicing discipline of the tithing but giving something, God, we pray that you will continue to uh, help them to understand what you desire as far as giving is concerned. Then, God, for those who feel like they don't have anything to give, God, if you would show them where they can and stretch their faith. And then, God, even for those who feel like they don't have to give, as we used to say back in the deep south in Mississippi, turpentine their mind until they understand they can't beat you giving no matter how hard you try. they try. God, take these gifts of ours, multiply them in a Godfold way, so that your word, your work, your witness shall continue to go forth throughout this hurting and broken world. It is in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. And in his name, we claim it done. Amen. Amen. 
as we uh, receive our offering, let me at this time present uh, our preacher for this morning. And it is a wonderful joy uh, for me to welcome her to the St. Paul Church. Uh, she is none other than the Reverend Dr. Brianna K. Parker, uh, better known as Reverend Bree, highly sought after preacher, public speaker. She is a millennial engagement coach and ministry consultant. She is the curator and founder of Black Millennial Cafe, a consulting practice and data resource center for persons seeking healthy engagement with black millennials of faith. One thing that she has done uh, is continue to develop a suite of services to improve the outreach to millennials. She lectures across the width and breadth of this country as far as helping churches as well as other entities to understand black millennials when it comes to the issue of faith. Uh, the lessons from her research and experience are highlighted in a book that she has written, What Google Cannot Give. She is the first to hold quantitative and qualitative analysis on black millennials and faith, which has been a neglected research demographic as far as uh, church research is concerned in this country. She holds a Master of Divinity in Pastoral Care and Counseling from Fuller Theological Seminary, a Master of Art in Church State Studies from Baylor University. She has earned a Doctor of Ministry degree from Virginia Union, the Samuel DeWitt Proctor School of Theology. She served a good friend of mine with a good friend of mine, the Reverend Dr. Freddie Haynes, at the Friendship West Baptist Church for nearly 10 years. She has also served um, black colleges. She was at Paul Quinn College as an adjunct professor as well as professor of religion at Jarvis uh, Christian College. Um, the Lord has allowed for her to really be on the forefront of helping us to understand how to engage, particularly this age of young adults as far as the church is concerned. And I am so delighted that she has taken time out of her busy schedule to share with us. She was awarded the Norman Vincent Peale Preaching Scholarship and the Mary McLeod Bethune Religion Award from the National Council of Negro Women. She is a Civil Lifetime member of the NAACP, but more importantly than that, she is a daughter of God. She is called, consecrated, and commissioned for such a time as this. For those of you all who are watching us online on our Zoom worship experience as well as in-house, I want you to just do me a favor. If you would put your hands together, let's give God praise in this place as we prepare to hear from Dr. Brianna K. Parker after our men bless us with the Simonic Selection. Let's go ahead and give God praise for her right now.
bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast unto the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt God's name together. That was cute, but it ain't good enough for God. I don't know about you, but I've been in an accident. When I was in an accident, I was less than two inches away from decapitation. I decided that day that every time I get to go into the house of the Lord, I'm going to praise God like it's my last time. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt God's name together. Monday might have been tough. Tuesday might have been trying. Wednesday may have been okay, but you made it to Sunday morning. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt God's name together. It's good to be in the house of the Lord in person or virtually. Amen.
Amen. I'm grateful for the opportunity to worship with you today uh, to your pastor, who is an amazing man. That's important as a pastor. Um, and leader, I want to say thank you for the invitation. That's not always the case, so make sure you're appreciative of your pastor for being a good man and then a good pastor. Amen. Amen. And I'm grateful to worship with you today. I'm sure you want to hear from your pastor. So the fact that you didn't even get off the Zoom when you saw I was here means a lot to me because your pastor is a phenomenal preacher. Um, today is, of course, you know, graduation Sunday, and I'm excited to be with you um, this morning. I believe there's a word from the Lord from 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 10 through 13. That's 1 Samuel 16, verses 10 through 13. And if we could use uh, the NRSV version, I'll read it. We can read together. Uh, verse 10 reads like this, Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, there remains yet the youngest, but he's keeping sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him here, for we will not sit down until he comes here. He sent and brought him in. Now, he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. The Lord said, rise and anoint him, for this is the one. Yeah. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. Samuel then set out and went to Ramah. If we could use um, a title for the text today, it would be, it's the wait for me. God, we love you and we bless you. We believe in you and we've come with great expectations. So God, remove every distraction that may keep us from your word. Whisper to us as we worship, God, about what this means to us and how we should live it out. God, we trust you and we bless you. God, I've done all I could in preparation. So the burden of proof in this moment rests upon you. In Jesus' name we trust and pray. Amen. 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 It's the wait for me. If people can overlook you, they will. The worst feeling in the world is to feel invisible. I don't mean when people don't recognize you changed the color of your bundles or you perfected your eyebrows or you had on them ooh, kill em new jays or a fresh haircut that the barber didn't even have to draw on. I mean, it's tragic when people don't acknowledge how you look, but it's worse when they don't acknowledge who you are. It's a sad feeling to put in work and it not be noticed. As bad as it is, this is indeed the case for Jesse. Jesse missed it too. Jesse didn't seem to appreciate his children the same. When the prophet came to anoint Saul's replacement, Jesse brought out all the potential in his home. Samuel went through them one by one and God said no to every one of them. He had to go back and even ask, is this all you have? Not only did his dad not know, the brothers never even asked them to consider the brother. Was David invisible? Was he so far off and dismissed from the family that they forgot he even existed? Or did they just see no potential in him? Jesse named his child beloved of the Lord, but did not consider him to be able to be used greatly by the Lord. Because people can speak what they cannot see. People will give you half-hearted compliments and call you one thing and then say another. When you walk into a building looking right, they say, hey, girl, and take a couple more steps and say, who she thinks she is? When you're hanging out, they say, you wavy, but they turn around and say, he late. 
Conversely, people will dog you out because they see great things in you. Do you really think the media believes Black Lives Matter protesters are thugs? No. They see them as revolutionaries with power who has realized they didn't have to accept life the way it is and has always been, and that makes them fearful, so they attempt to paint a picture of them as thugs and hope the audience would believe that to be true about them. People will speak to you in ways to try to diminish who you are. Black girl magic and black brown boy joy makes people fearful of us. But when you're called, God will make everything stop until you arrive. There are some things that you will not qualify for based on what you know, who you know, and where you've been. But it's only going to be because of what's on the inside of you and how God has anointed you. And I'm here to tell you this morning that they can't rest until you arrive. Making the best choices without God is impossible. Samuel 16 and 11 says, Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, there remains yet the youngest, but he's keeping sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we won't sit down until he comes here. All of the brothers were presented as possibilities, and all were present to wait for David to come and to be anointed. And I have to wonder why God didn't send him there for David, as opposed to going through all of this one by one. But I believe even the wrong choice will need to see that you're the right choice and called by God. Isn't it something that the person that everyone considered insignificant was the same person that they were waiting for? You see, God will hold up the process until they get it right. Yeah, they are teed up in about one to ten deep in the process. It started already, but they will not finish without you. Don't you know there's a college that waitlisted you, not because you didn't meet the requirements, but because the soil wasn't right for the seed God was planting in you. Don't you know there was a scholarship that you didn't get, not because you didn't have the right grades, but because God will make provision in other ways that will make it clear that it was God and not your skill. There's a job that will come and you won't get it. And it's not going to be because you can't do the job, but because God would rather you feel rejected than put you in an environment that will ruin you. So many times you can't rest for trying to choose what you want instead of what God wants for you. Sometimes we want what is most convenient, but every blessing ain't going to be in your space. Sometimes your best work will happen away from the view of others. And I'm going to tell you, and this is something that we all know, ain't nothing funky about the field. We pass people in the pastures of life. We look for the most popular and those who seem to require priority. But God is choosing those who are somewhere faithfully working in their position without prestige. The prophet will come to put you in your place. Some will get demoted. Some will be promoted. And others may have their last hurrah. David was promoted and Jesse was promoted because being the father of the king put him in the lineage of Jesus. Saul was demoted and in a sense so were the brothers because they were blessed out of order of seniority. And this act would be Samuel's last hurrah. Now I wonder which one of the sons were asked to tend the flock before David. Who hated tending the flock and being in the field and they left their position because they felt they were meant for greater things like serving in battle. You know, there's a blessing in field work, and I know we don't want to believe it, but there is a blessing in being in a place where you're unseen, where you're not yet appreciated, and nobody is giving you applause. Field work teaches you humility. 
it helps you to understand loss because I'm sure David was beat up by some of those animals. I know he didn't begin by WWEing all of those lions, tigers, and bears. Somebody had to whoop him and then he got to learn what victory felt like. You see, field work will make you miss out on all the lavish celebrations. It'll have you looked over time and time again. It'll teach you how to be with yourself and just your big dreams. It can be lonely until you realize you alone are enough. You see, field work will give you a greater imagination because it's you, the grass, and the animals. And just in case I'm not making myself clear, I want you to know this. Before you are chosen, anointed, And given the power of the Holy Ghost for your big assignment, your little assignment will either depress you to death or create a king out of you. It'll either make you believe you are beneath or to cultivate the queen in you. Oh, you might as well come on and keep it funky with your girl. You know you're in a position that don't nobody else want. You probably went to a school that other people didn't even understand while you were going there. Maybe it's your job or your relationship or your confidence. But if you're being prepared for the Lord's work, you're going to find yourself at some moment in the field. Somebody walks by you every day and hits you with the Jocelyn Hernandez and says, hey, May. So that your feelings are hurt. But every now and then, even in the field, you have to look up and say, hey, because today's maid could be tomorrow's millionaire. You see, someone is questioning your next step. But just because it's not their choice, it doesn't mean it won't lead to success. Because God has a plan for your life to impact the world. I was at Arizona State. I graduated from there at 19 years old with my bachelor's. From there, I went uh, to seminary to get an MDiv. Nobody understood why I was doing this. Once I hit the paper as a graduate at 19 years old, everyone was asking and, and vying for my attention. Everyone from J.P. Morgan Chase to Pepsi was sending me letters, the vice president telling me that I could work for them. I didn't want to do that because I knew what God called me to do. My friends were passing me in the pastures of life. They were making more money than I was. They had more prestige than I did. But here I am still in school, still trying to do what God has called me to do. I graduate with my MDiv and it it didn't make a whole lot of sense. I started a PhD program. I got into an accident. I couldn't do what I expected to do. And I found myself doing what I didn't want to do. And that was a demon at Virginia Union. I was actually trying to make my way out of ministry education. So I get there. And I start to research and and do this work and everybody thought it wasn't the work I should have been doing because they didn't think it was going to take me anywhere. So I graduated and I accepted what God had for me in the moment. And then when I left ministry and did not return, people thought I was a failure. They imagined that preachers don't sit and create a data company, that preachers should preach and pastor. But what I later learned is what looked like failure was actually faithful to the call and voice of God. There are going to be so many things that you won't understand. And you will always be ahead of the game when you're listening to God. But being ahead of the game will also mean that people won't understand it. And so immediately you'll look like a failure. And then in five or so years, people will applaud you for the work you're doing. You have to trust God and listen to what God is saying. Because oftentimes what God has for you to impact the world won't look like what everyone else is doing. We have to stop trying to be step for Christians and do what the rest of the world is doing and listen for the voice of God. Because you have been chosen. But one thing I know about being chosen And you will learn this quickly if you haven't already. God never blesses you to be big time. 
The spirit of the God does not come mighty for no reason, but because the world is waiting to know you and the power of your God. You see, you aren't blessed to be big time and flex your education on social media because you have work that you're called to do. People you're called to influence and a world to change. You aren't blessed for your household, but for the world to be impacted. If whatever your goal is today, you imagine that you're going to drive a G-Wagon and be in a big house, then you're imagining this all wrong. Instead, you should imagine that you're going to make sure everyone has access to education, that everyone has shelter, that everyone will have the opportunity to eat at night. That's how God blesses us to be a blessing to our community. I'll never forget watching uh, Scared Straight. On Scared Straight, there was a young boy, and he had been acting a hot mess. And when he got to the prison, they would take them to prison so that they would be able to understand where their actions might take them if they don't change. When he got to the prison, there was a lady there, and the lady's name was Red. And she had heard all about what he had been doing, and she said, I heard about you. And I've been waiting on you at the door. I want you to know there are some people who have heard about you. And there are some troubles in life that have heard about you. And they too are waiting on you at the door. There's a jacked up educational system waiting on you at the door. There are people on the verge of suicide waiting on you at the door. There's a poverty culture waiting on your solutions at the door. There's a food desert waiting on your provision at the door. There's a disease society waiting on your cure at the door. There's an evil government that needs a new structure waiting on you at the door. There's police terrorism waiting on you. There's racism waiting on you. There's classism waiting on you. There's sexism waiting on you. There's an elected position waiting on you. There's an invention that's waiting on you. There's a world full of great needs waiting on you. But the power of the Holy Spirit... It's not for you to be bad and bougie, but it's for the problems of the world that are waiting on your solution and your gift. The spirit of the Lord is not to make you look good or even to make you look holy, but it's to manifest mightily and do the things you cannot do on your own. You see, David had trouble waiting on him at the door. He had a former king who was hunting him down to kill him. He had questions about his sexuality. He had people who were questioning his age as a young leader. He had people questioning his size. He had people questioning his choices. He had bad decisions waiting on him. He had lust that was waiting on him. He had insecurity waiting on him. People only want to see the exciting parts of your life and what's to come. But don't trip. The Holy Spirit isn't simply coming as a gift, but with all the drama in line waiting on you at the door. You need the spirit of the Lord to come upon you mightily so that you don't buckle under pressure. With all of the drama that came with David's position, he was going to need the Holy Spirit to be the second and most powerful king of Israel. He was Naomi's grandson, the psalmist that we love most. This is the tribe of Judah's David, the David that was hunted by Saul and refused to kill him when he had the opportunity. This was the David that escaped death by pretending to be crazy and vowed to bless the Lord at all times. This is the same David that was the only person to kill Goliath with small weapons and large faith. This was David, this was Jonathan's BFF who risked Saul's wrath. This was the David who God himself called a man after his own heart this is the battle is not yours it's the Lord's David it's the David who saved the people from judgment it's the David who subdued the Philistines second Samuel said the Lord gave him victory everywhere he went David this is the boy from the field that blesses us with the 23rd Psalm who after shepherding God's sheep when nobody else was around could say the Lord is my shepherd and just as God did it for David God wants great things for you 
are waiting on you at the door. Yes, a healthy relationship is waiting on you. And yes, a good job is waiting on you. And yes, peace in your life is waiting on you. And yes, a sound mind is waiting on you. And yes, people who love you are waiting on you. If good things will wait on you, the Holy Spirit will bring good. I mean, if bad things are waiting on you, Holy Spirit will bring good things to your door too. It's not one-sided. Because David had great victory. And he didn't have to manipulate anything to be chosen. You see, we manipulate things to work in our favor. And we lie sometimes. And we act like God's hype man. And we pretend like God's done stuff that God didn't have God's hand in. Like when we lie on applications and we get a car we can't afford. And you say, the Lord blessed me with this Benz. No, you hooked and crooked to get it. You don't have to manipulate what God is doing in your life. You do not have to manipulate what success looks like because success looks like whatever you decide to do with it. But so many times we worry about whether we're the choice or whether we're going to get the choice we want. But the truth is it's been decided since before the foundations of the world how this turns out. That's why God chose you, why God set you aside. And that's why you need the mighty power of the Holy Ghost to do the work that God has called you to do. You see, David's brother saw his position as royalty, but the truth is that position was for war. Ah, ah. So many times people are looking at you and jealous of the prestige you get, but they don't know that you're actually there to go to war. In that day, people were equipped for military leadership because God doesn't give you the spirit for the sake of it because there is a war to fight in this world. Yes, the power of the Holy Ghost is mighty, and yes, it empowers miracles. And don't misunderstand me. The Spirit of the Lord will indeed move mountains and heal your body and bring your child home and increase your financial situation. It will bless you when others seem to be fit for the blessing over you. But the Spirit of the Lord also gives you access to all that God is. And you don't have to go catch the Holy Ghost because he or she ain't running from you. You don't have to speak in tongues to know that you have the Spirit because it's a gift of the Spirit and not all of the Spirit. You can recognize the spirit because it's gentle and faithful and kind and long-suffering and so much more. But don't worry about the things that you can see, but trust what the spirit is going to do that you cannot see. Luke said you can have the Holy Spirit, that you should ask and you shall receive, seeking you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. And that you, if you who are capable of doing evil will do good for your child, how much more do you think God would give you if you would ask? So if promises are waiting on you at the door then you ought to get everything the spirit has for you. And you ought to cash out on what God has died for for you. And I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for what belongs to me. And you ought to know that the promises of God belong to you. The thing I want you to know, and this paraphrase is uh, someone you wouldn't know, Kendrick Lamar. And the truth is, what he said is true. If you would just be humble, God would sit your enemies down. David was in the field working humbly, doing what no one else wanted to do. And when it was time to be chosen, when everyone else was looking around, it was David who God was calling. It was true that David was being humble. And when the brothers thought it was their time, they got set down. So you ought to be humble in life. Even with your degrees and even with your accomplishments and even with your certifications, And don't flex too hard because you'll be the one that has to be humbled too. When you seem to be in the field too long, sometimes you just have to give yourself a pep talk and say, I may have been looked over, but they'll be lacking sleep. 
I may be looked over, but they'll lack completion until I arrive. I may have been looked over, but they're going to be lacking leadership. I may have been looked over, but they'll look for me before I look for them. David was looked over by his whole family, but he didn't lack victory. Joseph was looked over by his brothers, but he didn't lack leadership or gifts. The Canaanite woman was looked over even by Jesus, but she didn't lack faith. The widow was looked over by society, but she didn't lack favor from the judge. Gideon was looked over, by, but he didn't lack, lack success. Rahab was looked over, but she didn't lack legacy. Blind Bartimaeus was looked over, but he didn't lack healing. The woman at the well was looked over. Over, but she didn't lack deliverance. Esther was looked over by everybody but the king, but she didn't lack royal status. Ruth was looked over by everyone but Boaz, but she didn't lack a provider. Moses was looked over because of his speech impediment, but he didn't lack favor. You may be looked over, but I promise you, sugar mama, you ain't lacking nothing. And I've had, like everybody else, rough days. But if trouble is waiting on us at the door, so are the promises of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. So when life gets tough, you just got to remember you're still chosen. In the field or on the field, you're chosen. In the kitchen or working to build the kingdom, you're chosen. On the bus or driving to Bentley, you're chosen. In the classroom or teaching the class, you're still chosen. Sometimes you have to say to the people visiting you in the field, because I know the power of the Holy Ghost, I would fall apart. But the gag is I'm reminded that a weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. I would fall apart, but the gag is I'm reminded that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. I, I would fall apart, but the gag is I'm reminded that I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. I could fall apart, but I'm reminded that I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. I would fall apart, but the gag is I'm reminded that even when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up the standard against it. I would fall apart, but I'm reminded that greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. I could fall apart, but I'm reminded that goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I could fall apart, but I'm reminded that even the youth shall faint and grow weary and that the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint I could fall apart but the spirit of the Lord tells me I'm chosen even in this moment I have to tell you I'm really not a sports fan but I'm a documentary fan I have a thing about watching documentaries with athletes and I do it because usually they're going to tell us something about discipline that I haven't seen before so I was watching ESPN 30 for 30 and James Harden was on there. He went to Arizona State, so I thought it would be good to watch. And I watched him tell the story of how he helped the Oklahoma City Thunder make it farther than they had ever been before. He helped them get to a new place of success and victory that they had not been. And he did this by being a sixth man. Uh, I didn't realize what a sixth man was, but they come off the bench to help in hard times, but they don't really get a whole lot of highlights. They're, they're not the franchise player. They're not going to be the person that people are, made pe are, are talking to, you know, to interview after the game. And so he had been the sixth man. Not only was he the sixth man, he'd been the youngest sixth man to win sixth man of the year. So he said he liked his position. He appreciated his position and he appreciated the administration and the team. And he liked being where he was. 
So they were very grateful at the Oklahoma City Thunder for his work. And when contract negotiations came up, they gave him a huge offer. It was bigger and more zeros than he had ever seen. I don't know about y'all, but I would say, do it for me, God. He gets this contract, and it's bigger than he'd ever seen. So he said, I'm going to have to have my people look over that. They said, okay. They gave him a very short window to do that. And they needed him to meet the deadline to respond to this contract. Well, while his people were looking over it, they needed a little more time. And they would just have to go just past the deadline. He knew because of all he had done as the sixth man of the year. And how he'd helped them to go uh, into the playoffs. and, And they hadn't been in years that they would be okay with a little bit of an extension. And so he gets a call on the night of the deadline. And they call him. And they thank him. They explain to him that they are appreciative of the work he's done, that they appreciate the fact that he gelled so well with the team, that he got along with the administration, and that he helped them see victories they had not seen before. Unfortunately, they also told him that they were going to have to go in another direction because he missed the deadline. He could not imagine that the people he was faithful to and loved and helped to see a new victory could ever suspend his contractor or not give him the next contract. He was distraught. He talks about how tough it was and and, and how that night was such a difficult night for him. And he is teary-eyed, even now talking about the fact that they decided to let him go. He said he gets up the next morning and the Houston Rockets call because he had been traded to the Houston Rockets. They call him in and they tell him that they need to meet with him. Now, he's not happy about this meeting because he still wants to be with the Oklahoma City Thunder. When the Houston Rockets call him in, they tell him first that they appreciate the work he's done. Second, they tell him that he's going to have to change his position. So now not only does he have to change teams, he has to change the way that he's operated and been awarded for. And this is difficult for him in the moment. It's so much change and disappointment that's happening. Next, they tell him the reason they're going to change his position is because although he was the Oklahoma City Thunder's sixth man of the year, he was now going to be the Houston Rockets franchise player. All he needed to understand was that the Oklahoma City Thunder looked him over, but the Houston Rockets were waiting on what he had. He didn't have to get any smarter. He didn't have to get any faster. He didn't have to get any stronger. He didn't have to get any wiser. All he had to do was find himself in the place where they were waiting on him instead of the place where he was being looked over. And I don't know about you, but I believe you ought to believe in a God who will go ahead and you should trust his trade value for your life. Because what God will do in a trade is better than anything you could ever hook or crook to get. Because God knows where you should be. And God knows while one place may feel good. They don't appreciate you while one person may feel good. They don't love you like they should and while you're comfortable over there God is preparing a place where somebody is waiting on you all of your gifts and everything you come with Not just to keep you and tolerate you but to upgrade you You ought to trust God's trade value for your life because while someone else is looking you over Someone else is waiting on all that you have And I don't know about you But I'm not going to worry about the people who are looking me over because it's the wait for me. Come on, let's give God praise for for a powerful, for an amazing word. Thank you, Reverend Dr. Brianna K. Parker. Uh, for a needed word for such a time as this. To our graduates that are here, was that not an on-time word? 
Amen. If so, can you give God praise? How many of y'all were blessed by that word right now? I know that I have been blessed. Wow. What Dr. Brianna K. Parker, I will admit, is the Lord's preacher. And we thank God that she has taken time out of her schedule to share uh, what we would call a rhema word with us today. Amen. You're here in the house, as well as those that are watching us online. I want to extend to you an opportunity to become part of one of one of God's chosen. How is that? Very easily. That when you make a commitment to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're chosen. When you say yes to God by saying yes to Jesus, you're chosen. And when you're chosen... God wants to unfold for you some wonderful things that you can never imagine. There may be someone in-house as well as someone watching us online uh, that may want to make that decision. And I want to lead you, if I could, in a short prayer, a prayer of a new life, a prayer of a brand new start, a prayer of forgiveness, a prayer of a connection with Christ as Lord and Savior. And if this prayer meets you if this prayer is for you i'm going to ask you to make a decision for either christ and or his church so all heads bowed all eyes closed if you all would repeat after me god i thank you for your son jesus christ who gave his life for a person like me i believe you sent jesus to die for my sins i believe he died on a cross I believe you raised him from the dead. And I believe one day you're co he's coming back. But until then, send your Holy Spirit into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Help me be the person you want me to be. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray this prayer. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, you meant that prayer in your head and your heart, you meant that prayer in your mind and in your spirit, guess what? Salvation is yours. Is it really that easy? Yes, because salvation is a gift. You can't work for it. You can't earn it. It's a gift. It's a gift of you saying yes to God through Jesus Christ. If you prayed that prayer, you meant that prayer. If you're in-house right now, if you're in-house right now, you prayed that prayer, you meant that prayer, you want a relationship with God through Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're in-house, you pray that prayer. If you would, do me a favor, just hold up your hand right now. If you're not sure where you stand with Christ, just hold up your hand right now. I want you to know that when you leave this place where you stand with Christ, if that's you, just hold up your hand right now. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. If you are watching us online, we are receiving persons virtually as well. So if you're watching us online on uh, Facebook, on our website, if you would, just type in salvation in the chat box. One of our digital ministers will reach out to you, let you know what next steps will be. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, email us at connect at spbcnc.org and someone will connect with you by 5 o'clock tomorrow. Leave your name and a telephone number where we can reach you. If you're listening to us on the phone, call us at 704-334-5309. Leave your name and your number by 5 o'clock tomorrow. Somebody will reach out to you and let you know what next steps are. If you're looking for a church home, if you're looking to be saved, you can do that. 
There may be someone watching us right now, either in-house or online. If you're in-house and you're saying, listen, pastor, I believe in Jesus Christ. I don't have a church home. I'm not connected to a church. I want you to know that Jesus Christ created the church to be family. And I want you to know that you can connect with us right now. If you're in-house right now and you don't have a church home, I would love to be your pastor. These men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're in-house right now, you don't have a church home, you can hold up your hand right now. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Amen. If you're watching us online, you don't have a church home, but you know who Jesus Christ is in the pardon of your sin, guess what you can do? On Facebook, on our website, type in connect. When our digital ministers will reach out to you, let you know what the next steps are. If you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us on the phone line, email us at connect at spbcnc.org or call us at 704-334-5309. Leave your name, a phone number, or an email address. Again, someone by 5 o'clock tomorrow will reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. We would love for you to be part of our tribe here at the St. Paul Church. Amen, amen, amen. I don't know about anybody else, but my soul is full uh, because of this worship experience, and my soul is happy because of this preach word. Can we give God praise again for our graduates? Come on. Help me to celebrate our brothers who have blessed us with their gift of song. And help me celebrate this preacher extraordinaire, the Reverend Dr. Brianna K. Park. Let's give God praise for her today. Amen. Let's go ahead and let's stand. We're getting ready to get out of here. It has been, been a wonderful day of celebration, a wonderful day of, of uh, uplift. And to our graduates, I'm so godly proud of each and every one of you. And um, eyes have not seen what God has in store for you. Ears have not heard what God has in store for you. And even though Paul wrote that in, in, in reference to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it's also in reference to what God wants to do in your life. And so I pray God's riches and choices, blessings upon you. As we get ready to leave this space, I want you to follow the directions of the ushers because guess what? We're still in a pandemic. And as much as I would love to fellowship with y'all, y'all got to go. Amen. Amen. So we want you all to make a quick transition as far as uh, following directions of the ushers. And we're going to ask that the ushers would lead you out after we give this benediction. Let us bow our heads in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for this wonderful worship experience. Your presence has been in this place. Thank you for the preach word. Thank you for our graduates. Thank you for scriptures read and for songs rendered and for prayers given. Thank you, oh God, for our graduates who led us in worship and they did an extraordinary job today. As we leave from this place, but never from your power nor your presence, keep us in your omnipotent care until we're able to come back together again in spirit and in truth. And now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with all exceeding joy. Totally wise God, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Amen. Listen, I love you, but God loves you even more. Have a safe, blessed day. Thank you again for showing up. We're going to ask if you will follow the directions of our ushers as you make your way out. You can fellowship outside. Amen. I'm grateful to see each and every one of you. God bless you. God bless you.